Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm hosting tonight, joined as ever by intrepid and long-suffering Republican Sue Timberlake. (laughs) (laughs) Woe is me. Woe is me. (laughs) Intrepid? (laughs) It's like a ship. That's intrepid. (laughs) Sue works hard and gets things done and undertakes projects. I mean, I don't know. You know, and spirit of enterprise. I, sure. Oh, sure. What? Sure. Why not? Sure. <laughs> well, pick a different complimentary adjective and I'll apply it. <laughs> um, um I think that sounds gotcha. a, a little, a little tentative. Yeah. Anyway, Ten- tentative <laughs> Republican. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> and our. Sp- Spineless independent producer, John Roberts. Spineless. <laughs> Pick a lane. It's, it's all partisan politics from here on out, buddy. Uh, did, you say, wait, did you say pick a lane? Yeah. I just want to wish everybody a, um, a happy bi-visibility day today. Um, oh, is that today? As, is, is, we're recording this uh, early, so it's Thursday the 23rd for us. And so wait, is it is it by visibility today? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Pick a well, Perfect. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Let me just straighten out my uh, trans flag in my front yard here. There so you everybody go. Knows. Good for you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Trans rights are human rights. Uh a discussion uh, um, I keep having to have. Well, I don't keep having to have, but a discussion I find a lot of people want to point people. A lot of people want to argue with on Twitter, which I I find uh, everybody wants to argue with everything on Twitter. It's Twitter. I I think I don't know it, if that's true. Got, I think I'd like to argue about that. A, <laughs> it's all we have left is arguing with each other. What can I say? We better um, deal with climate change, or there won't be anything left to argue about. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <sighs> so, how can people contact us, Mike? Uh, just so they can just cry into the email. Yes, indeed. <laughs> if you if you sigh the in despair in the proper key, John was uh, super keen hearing. Will will pick it up. And no, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> he, uh, I don't know how John Rodamas learns the things he learns, but um, you can email us civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio is a community there. And at Civil Politics FM on the Twitter. We do also have our own website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, where you can find recordings of previous episodes of the show, supplemental episodes, and other good stuff. Uh, so if you want to listen all over again to our uh, really fun interview with uh, East Hampton Mayor Nicole LaChapelle that we did last week that I thought went pretty well, uh, you can find it there. And if she and I can ever link up, uh, 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 Nicole served, uh, uh, actually was one of the Massachusetts electors to the Electoral College following last year's presidential election. So she promised uh, we would actually have a chance to chat about that. And she'd tell me about the uh, arcane and 
probably not that exciting experience, but you know, for, for Sherlock civil politics. <laughs> Inside, oh yeah. <laughs> Inside info on, on what it takes to be an elector. How exciting yeah, I, for I'm someone like, like me, it is. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering if they had to like, you know, meet in an old meeting house and like fill things out, you know, fill up parchments with quills and things, you know, who knows? I just, uh, I also want to add, just going back to our previous discussion, uh, since it is uh, by by awareness month, um, all uh, everybody that is by gets minus two on on stealth checks. Oh, uh, and plus two on spot checks. Just, <laughs> I saw that meme. I just had to, I just had to enter it into the record. Fair enough. <laughs> what about what about intersex people? Uh, what month? What Nothing. month is for intersex people? I don't think they have a month. Then they don't they have, have any penalties to their stats. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, so that's Good. honestly they're they're cross class. So. <laughs> Both, yeah, they, they cover all the classes. <laughs> they're multi class. <laughs> So I, 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 I am. This is what we mean when we when we nerds talk about being intersectional, folks. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh god! I, well, I and so for our listeners at home that don't know what intersex is, the old word for it was hermaphrodite. Yeah, people Eesh. that are both 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 genders, physically, physically. So, so um, uh, that's certainly an interesting topic and and worthy of discussion. But there's there's some some. Uh, housekeeping. I want to make sure we don't forget uh, before we oh, housekeeping. You're going to, on. Well, just I thought uh, you're going to bipartisan. Never mind. Bipartisan. Well, yes, I'm. I'm. I'm a bipartisan <laughs> in that respect. I'm absolutely in favor of you know bi people, intersex people, and everybody else getting to live their authentic lives and and be who they say they are. You know, like as an American, I, I don't see how there's anything uh, more American than you know s- saying this is who I am and this is what matters to me in my life. You know, what else is the pursuit of happiness for? Screwing other people over. That's, um, that is also American. That is, it's yeah. not uniquely oh. American, but I, you Hopefully know, man, if I wanted to hang out back at the family country club, I would genre. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully inadvertent that actually they just, they're pursuing their own happiness and they inadvertently step on everyone else. Well, that's what the rules are for. Yeah, that's what the rules are for. Well, it's fixable, though. Anyway, um, yeah. but I believe next Tuesday, uh, which the is 28th. the uh, 28th of uh, September, uh, is ah. the runoff elections in the fair city of Northampton for Yes. Uh, mayor and city council. Sue, I don't live in Northampton anymore, so I'm completely going la 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 la. It doesn't affect me, you know, uh, like a responsible oh. adult. So, uh, can you tell us? Well, first, that? first of all, a, a shout out to the the I think it was the North Street uh, neighborhood or neighbors, Northampton neighbors that put together. I'm sorry if I have your name wrong. Two forums that you can actually meet the candidates in person outdoors. This past Sunday, they did the um, the mayor, the four mayor candidates. That was Mark mm-hmm. Warner, Gina Louise, Sierra. Mark Warner's been on a lot of transportation commissions. He's a he's a transportation consultant, Gina Louise Sierra, who has been the um, city council at large and has been president of the city council for the um, for the last year or two, and has you know sat through all the budget 
Adventures. Shana Fischel, who's a social worker locally here, lives in my Ward 7, and Roy Martin, a fellow, a veteran, and um, just a thoroughly enjoyably enjoyable elderly gentleman who has run probably, I think, 11 times for mayor, and he always brings interesting things to the race. So that's the mayors. I don't know much about the at-large city council uh, folks, but they're going to do them this Sunday from 3.30 to 5.30 at um, Leeds, the Leeds School on, um, oh, I forget what that street is, but everybody knows where Leeds School is. But anyway, this Sunday, so you go and they make little circles and you get to meet each of the candidates. And, you know, there's usually 10 people in a circle, so you get the chance to really ask them questions, which is a great, you know, it's like old fashioned politics. That is so whatever you do, politics. Nice. whoever you vote for, be sure to vote on next Tuesday. You know, it's a pretty quiet election because it's a runoff. And then the winners of those that go forward, they'll be in the um, November 2nd election, which is the same as uh, the mayor's race in East Hampton and all the other mayor's races. Right. It's just Northampton has this little, we don't so- do rank choice. Right. So Northampton's got so we do four mayoral it. candidates, and next Tuesday, two of them will be uh, knocked out, Courted. and the top two vote-getters yep. will go on to compete for the, the Grand Prix. And uh, yep. of the five candidates for the two at-large city council seats, four of them will go forward, and the one who gets the fewest votes will will have to sit down because, sadly, yep. their election yep. journey and will the- be over. And the five, uh, the five at large are Michael Quinlan. I think he was in Ward One. David um, Murphy, who's a local realtor on the board of assessors, and Ward Five for a bunch of terms. Um, uh-huh. Marissa Elkins, uh, who's a defense attorney and on the planning board, and Jamila Gore, activist, uh, renter, uh, would be the second. Uh, black person to serve on the city council if she were elected uh-huh. and Michelle Sarah, who was a Bernie Sanders organizer. So we have a lot of choices here in Northampton. That's always good. But if you want to meet them and ask them their positions, go Sunday to Leeds school uh, this Sunday, which is the God, what is it? I can't think this of Sunday the is the 26th. Yeah. yeah. 26th. Yep. Yeah. And again, thank you to the organization, the volunteers that put it all together, because, you know, it is a labor of love to do these events. So it's very good of them. So and I think are we we're going to try and have on the winners, right? The people that are going on to the November. At least for the mayor's race. It's it's the more the people in, in a in a candidate pool, the harder it is to have them all on. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So at least the mayors of Northampton. So that's great. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to uh, say that I have. Uh, reached out to the other people running for mayor in East Hampton, at least the ones who I, my understanding is are running and I haven't heard back from them yet. Uh, If you happen to be listening uh, and uh, you know, you want to be on the show, get in touch with us. uh, Civil politics radio at valleyfreeradio.org. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we try and give, if we give one candidate in a race, airtime we we give the other candidates who are on the ballot we, yeah. uh, the same airtime so yeah. we, we 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 do equal uh equal access even though we don't necessarily I, have to but. I, I mean i i i personally think nicole's done a good job as our mayor but you know like we're we're not like valley free radio is a non-profit non-partisan institution that just wants to promote you know through civil politics we want to promote good political discourse and and try and bring out the best for everyone in our community. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly don't want to like, you know, 
you know, be, you know, putting my thumb on the scales for one person or another, because since I don't really know the other people running for East Hampton mayor, I don't want to be like, well, they can't, you know, maybe I'll be convinced. Yeah, yeah sometimes because I'm a Republican, if I tell somebody I support them, they say, can you just keep that quiet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put that next to your sign in your yard, OK? Can you just not do that? So Northampton's so progressive. So I usually, uh, you know. Uh, it's a good thing it's a secret ballot. What can I say? Yeah, well, it it is it is increasingly tough, and this is something even on this show. You know, like I know there are times when I just must be obnoxious as all heck, uh, because it, it it is frustrating at times how partisan everything has become. Um, everything, everything. Right, so so down in Florida, which of course is being run by uh, members of the Republican Party. Governor DeSantis appointed uh, a new Surgeon General or or Chief Health Officer. I forget the exact title, uh, a, but a guy. Yes, a a, a, <laughs> a a a doctor of some sort. And this gentleman uh, is uh, uh, basically like a womb a womb disabled person. Yeah. Yes, and he's like you know he's like <laughs> COVID's you know it's not that big a deal. Vaccines aren't really necessary. Blah 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 blah. And apparently. The state of Florida is now exploring no longer requiring the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine for people. Oh, I heard that. Oh. And I, I, okay. It's like, yeah, well, COVID, you think COVID's bad. Just wait till we bring back measles, mumps, and rubella. <laughs> That'll show you. Well, the, the good news is they probably just lost the teachers union in Florida. So there you go. Well, like they had it. I mean, hmm. I don't think the teachers union is going to be supporting Republicans in Florida, but, mm. but, but, you know, like I, there's a, the reason why I'm, I'm part of the democratic party is, you know, I think on the whole, the, the, the democratic party is pushing for the, the kinds of things that I believe in, you know, more, uh, more spending to spread the wealth in this country, more, uh, support for infrastructure that benefits everyone and, you know, pushing for Medicare for all and uh, measures to to deal with uh, the burgeoning climate crisis and so forth, you know, and uh, confiscatory uh, tax policies. OK, yeah. Well, uh, depending on <laughs> who you're confiscating it from and how, like like I said, as I've said before in this show, I'm I'm totally in favor of just the most huge uh, estate taxes possible, you know, like, sure, have a nice big like exemption for uh, to, to allow some comfortable generational wealth to get passed along, you know, but, you know, you, you know, everything over that amount, you know, and mm. like I threw out, I think I threw out the, the number $10 million last time we talked about this, which is just a lot of money. Let me assure you. It's, it's more like I, I talk about how, like, I've, you know, come into money and I'm fortunate because my family's wealthy and whatever. That's more money than I, I inherited now as the last member standing of my family. So, like, that, that's like more than I've got. And I can tell you, I've got plenty. And, <laughs> you know, well, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it, I'm, it, it it's kind of it's kind of nice that you're just matter of fact about it, it like uh, a, a lot of times when people that you know like inherited a bunch of money or like they they won the lottery or something they can't shut up about it and like but you're like yeah 
It's and prosperity is great, but like, you know, like the difference between like, yeah, I don't have to worry about college loans and the house is paid for. Oh, and I need, you know, I need to fix the car, you know, no problem. You know, I feel, I feel like going out to supper tonight. No problem. You know, that's great. But like, there's a difference between that and like, yes, we, uh, you know, we, we have a, a, a second home on Martha's Vineyard and, you know, private jets and stuff like that. And so, you know, anything above that nice, comfortable uh, uh, cushion level, tax that like 90% or more. Just so let me sing you. Don't, don't you just pass said, along you... billions of dollars between generations. It's, it's poison. Let, let, let me sing you because you're exposing your vulnerable neck. Um, so Sounds you said... Way. Tax above ten million, and that's not what you have. <laughs> you have less than that. So I'm like, oh, that's yeah. an interesting place to set it. And the second thing is, you guys during uh, before we went on the air, I didn't know this about AOC and her tax the rich dress. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think that's hysterical. If you guys want to tell <laughs> the audience so, what you guys told, so apparently <laughs> the designer she she went with a uh, I can't remember the woman's name, but a designer who has a studio in, in Brooklyn. So she was somebody local to her, I think, in within her her congressional district. Uh, but that person apparently uh, is in trouble for uh, uh, unpaid wages to employees and apparently owes uh, has uh, outstanding payroll taxes to pay. So, yeah. And so she's the one who did the dress that says tax the rich yep. on the back that AOC. Yeah, that's a little hypocritical. Uh, it's it's certainly a mistake. <laughs> Uh, if, if, if not, if, if not outright hypocrisy, it's certainly a, yeah, you didn't check that one out carefully. Did you? No, well, she's know. probably helping her pay the bills. You know, that may have been her, her Maybe. motivation. I'm giving, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, knowing what I know about AOC, but yeah. Interesting. <sighs> well, and well, yeah, I hope so. And I, I, nobody's perfect. So maybe it's just a screw up, you know? As someone yeah. who's made a few in my life, I I can I can relate. But mm. ditto, ditto. <laughs> but yes, indeed, it's definitely a feet of clay moment. <laughs> Even the sainted Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is not perfect. <laughs> yes, <The> sainted. Good <laughs> to good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, uh, but. Bipartisan? Did you want to talk bipartisan? Sure. Or? Yeah. Let's let's talk about um, uh, uh, on this day in particular. <laughs> well, so uh, we we were talking. About, sorry, I, I lost the thread for a moment here. So, like in Florida, we have the problem of uh, everything's become hyperpartisan to the point where it's like, you know what, public health. That's a that's oh. a that's a liberal scheme. And there's sorry. other. Oh, go uh, ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I just um. I just remembered I, I looked it up. The um it is the uh the, I think it, it is the Surgeon General um mm. of Florida. But Thank you. the the main thing right now is they are allowing uh kids to attend uh school after being exposed to COVID at like at, at any point. Like they don't have to have a a uh quarantine a, or a negative test. Uh, Let me guess uh, they're using the 
Constitution freedom to assemble. <laughs> they pointing to this is from that would be not an amendment. This is from WLRN, uh, South Florida, Miami, um, pointing to them to the need to minimize the amount of time students are removed from in-person learning. The Florida Department of Health issued a revised rule that gives parents more authority to decide whether their children go to school after being exposed to people with COVID-19. So it basically before they, uh, it was the, the policy was if you were exposed to someone with COVID-19, you need to have a negative, uh, you need to have a negative test. Um, and, uh, need to have a negative test and wait four days. Or, or something like that. Um, now there's no like you can just send your kid. It's not anything. And they reiterate their they're like you don't have to wear a mask thing. Anyway, I just want to I just want to bring that up. That uh, link that link will be on the uh, um, on the website in in the show notes for the podcast. Do Do you know you might not know this, but whether Florida has readily available tests on the spot testing. They can't test the kids when they get to the school. There aren't that many actually. I have no idea. Anywhere. So probably not, I guess. So, is, so yeah. Sue, you, you mentioned that before the show and I wanted to ask you and then, you know, like, you know, the something flashed out of the corner of my eye. And of course I was distracted, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> squirrel. Ooh, um, shiny. <laughs> exactly. But um, you know how we liberals are, but um but, but seriously, do you have any idea why that's the case? Like, are they, did they scale back on manufacturing? Is it just that like they, they haven't stepped up manufacturing and, and, and demand is outstripping supply, uh, you know, like, like the government isn't paying for it. So companies aren't doing it as much because they, you know, I, I it, think it's it was, profitable. I think what, it, what's going on? I, I think it was partly a demand and partly that the government's been paying for a lot of it. Yeah. And so I think when they started moving to everybody getting vaccinated, they stopped with all the testing centers, funding all the, you know, sending the National Guard to have tests. So they just, but the actual test kits, there's a lot out there. There's a lot of, you know, quick ones. You can supposedly buy one for your home, but I don't know why the shortage is. I think it's just the logistics of, you know, you, you it's like if nobody's asking for it, then they don't, they don't produce a lot. But yeah, there's a there seems to be a shortage of uh, of COVID testing right now, well, and so I, what people are doing I, is I think we were talking before the show. So let's say I needed to go on a trip on a plane somewhere because that's what I wanted to do, and I have to show a negative test within 48 hours because of all the you know the sites are gone. If I can't get one, I just go to the um, walk-in clinic huh. and tell them I'm having symptoms and get tested, and you know, I don't have symptoms. People are just doing it. So they can go to like a conference. So like, say you want to go to like, there's, you a, wanted to um, fly down to the Caymans to visit your money. Yes. Or <laughs> go see, I said Al Franken that's in, um, or is it, um, Paula Poundstone is here in Northampton. I think this coming weekend somewhere, oh, is she? maybe at UMass. Right. Yeah. And you know, if you need it, I don't think you need a test to get in. I think you just need a mask, but, um, but if you needed a test to get in, to the center and you had to have one within 48 hours, everybody would go to Cooley Dickinson. If you were behaving like the people in New York, if we go to Cooley Dickinson and get tested, so they'd have their certificate in time for the, for the concert. And like I said, I don't believe that's necessary for these, um, these 
get-togethers, but that's what people are doing nationwide. And so what's happening is that people that are sick are having longer wait lines at the walk-in clinics and the emergency rooms because people are using it, you know, they're using it for a um, sort of a, you know, walk-in. Yeah. Not not good behavior. Not good behavior. One of Uh, the issues with the, with the, the COVID tests, like the lack of COVID tests, is that there wasn't a strong market that was developed for the COVID tests uh, in in America. They they can cost up to like fifty bucks for uh, for a box versus like four euro in Spain. It's because they they have the infrastructure and the um and the whole like process to. They rolled it out. Yeah. Yeah. They like COVID tests in America weren't just, you know, everywhere, you know, like they were in other countries. And now we're we're lagging. We're trying to catch up, Um, especially with the Delta variant and everything. Yeah. Hmm? My guy who shall not be named, who's no longer president. I mean, he didn't want people to test because it drove up the numbers. He didn't he didn't want to know. Right. So there was certainly a pressure until January. The more of you get not. sick and die, the worse I look. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so there is a bit. It's not a shortage, but people are behaving badly to get instant gratification. Well, so, and, which we do in America. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure some people are hoarding, too. A thing I've hoarding. seen also is people are saying, oh, you know, if you want to order, you know, books as gifts for your friends for Christmas, order them you know, sooner rather than later, because, you know, the labor shortages and other issues, uh, uh, you know, and, and, you know, shipping container shortages and whatever in U- U.S. supply chains means that things take longer to get around. Yeah. So. I don't know. I think we mentioned before that if you look around at the grocery store, you'll see empty, and not empty shelves, but places where things are not there. I, you know, there'll be a I, certain I did brand missing. There the other day, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't notice yeah, it as like... Look, the, yeah, I'm sure there's like a ton of Dasani left, though. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, nobody it, likes it, dirt it, water. Um. But if you look around, you'll you'll see it. You'll see certain brands of adhesives. You know, certain kinds of sandpaper. You know, there's just little shortages, sort of everywhere. Certain vacuum cleaner bags. You know, just the things that weren't popular and aren't highly commodified. And, um, you know, it's I noticed just, like it's a generic, uh, you know, like I realized like, you know, the the I didn't have a tube of antibiotic ointment in my, um, you know, travel thing. You know, I keep my, you know, essentials in when I'm, you know, when I'm traveling and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to replace that for a while because I took it out of there to use for a year in the house. And so I was like, I should go get one while I was shopping. And I noticed like the generic ones are all gone. Like everything was yeah. like the more expensive name brand. Which yep. you know, and that kept I, it on I can the pay shelf. an extra dollar. That's fine, but yeah, like, huh? Okay. <laughs> yep, just that kind of stuff. Just little, and I think it'll get you know at Christmas if you wait right up until the last day. You uh-huh. know, you, you might not get one till um, you know Valentine's Day. So. Yeah. So we should I don't take think a we break. About, okay. We didn't talk well about then, the, the bills. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about them when we come back. So uh, uh, we're going to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. 
So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly, and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. Lovely music. That is... uh that is called Widgeon. It is by Bird Boy. Um, and those those chirping sounds are actually, you know, a widgeon. Like he uses birds bird calls in his in his mixes. That's lovely. Yeah. So we're back with civil politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM. Uh, and you I'm sure you're you're listening to us after you were listening to Evidence Based, the show that was on before us. If not, go out. Or if you're streaming or listening to us on a recording, uh, go to um, evidencebasedirata.com and listen to one of our sister shows, both on Valley Free Radio and in the fine, fine selection of shows offered by the Planetside Podcast Network. We have a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho. You want to talk talk about rationing? (laughs) Uh, yes, yes. Um, well, yeah. So, uh, uh, the state of Idaho is having a huge surge in COVID and apparently it's, uh, uh, stretching the resources at, uh, hospitals there and they're starting to, uh, have to 
take steps to uh, to to ration care to say like, well, uh, you know, we we have so many people who are sick, so they're they're turning away people who have you know in some cases non life threatening cases or or even people who do, but like that, there's no room to treat them. There's no room at the end, as it were. And I understand that uh, if things if the trend continues, they'll institute you know the hospitals will have to institute mandatory. <laughs> do not resuscitate orders is just, you know, like we can't, they can't go down the rabbit hole of trying to save somebody who's, who's, you know, heart is stopped, uh, you know, because that, that it, it's a procedure that rarely works, you know, mm-hmm. it works sometimes, but it is, it, it, at that point, the odds have gotten long. Uh, and rather than spend a lot of time and energy trying to save someone who is likely to die instead say, well, that's that's horrible, but we have other people to save, and we don't we can't spare the time and resources and, and the personnel to work on this one. Amazing, person. yeah, happening in Idaho, but not New York, where there's you know so much more demand on the systems, huh? Well, Interesting. New York has a much higher rate of vaccination, <laughs> yeah, and and better well, and and, and uh, probably more stringent uh, 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 public health guidelines about social distancing and wearing masks and so forth. So. So I saw a piece this um, week that they're starting to ration the antibody, uh, monoclonal antibody treatment for for COVID. Um, the oh, supply is really? a little low. Yeah, and I think John found the who it's the the government is producing less. Well, they're producing more, but it's still by the limited. government. You mean the federal government, right? Because I, I just want to know government. who the they that's rationing is. Is this happening from like you know the the, the CDC or the NIH at the federal level, or is this being done by well, states? See, I I thought well first of all the 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 all of it is coming from the government because they're paying for it the, the federal feds. government yeah and I think John found the number it was a hundred thousand now it's a hundred and fifty thousand treatments they're okay. producing yeah. a month a week and a I, week wow a week, that's a lot a week yeah so they're sharing yeah. that with all the states the the piece I saw I thought they were saying that um that the feds were suggesting that you treat the uh, unvaccinated first. But John, you found something that actually tightened that up a little bit. And it, it was a couple of states that were because they're getting only so many um, doses of the monoclonal antibody treatment. They were they were setting the um, the sort of the priorities. And what they're basically saying is that two people with the same symptoms, the vaccinated person's going to do better than the unvaccinated. So all of us that got vaccinated when we're side by side with somebody who's unvaccinated, guess who's going to get the monoclonal treatment? And I forget which states it was. I think there were southern um, states, weren't they? Was it Alabama? And there's uh, and yeah, there were more southern states. Like uh, I think Tennessee, I think Alabama, and Tennessee. Uh, the the big thing is that um, HHS was looking into how the treatments are being used, but there weren't, there wasn't any suggestions. The only, the biggest no thing is, yet. Yeah, yeah, there's no standard that that is left up to the States. So basically each state gets a, a percentage of the amount of, of uh, treatments produced during the week. And then they, their public health departments and their local um, organization uh, has to determine where those treatments go. How does the uh, federal government allocate those uh, proportions? Is it by population or by how bad the COVID outbreak is? Do you know? This I could not find. Okay. I will look look further. I mean, obviously it could be done by 
Go ahead. Sorry, Sue. Well, I was going to say a lot of times when things are political, they have a secret algorithm and they don't quite tell you what it is. But New York gets a little more because of their population. But, um, you know, Arkansas gets a little more because they have such a high disease rate. You know, it's it's a lot of times they kind of create this algorithm. They do it with school funding. It's very hard to follow the algorithm and it's to keep it sort of depoliticized. You know, if they just did it by population, the folks that are unvaccinated and having a lot of cases would, you know, so they do this. A lot of times they do, I'll call it a fudge factor. So that may be why you can't find it because otherwise they just say, oh, we do it by population or we do it by cases. And they probably do it in a combination. People who can actually use it because if you give it to somebody and they don't use it, then that's not helpful. I, so, anyway. You know, Sue, uh, this sounds like another one of those like, you know, nonsense conspiracy theories, because like, you know, I remember seeing him at like, you know, the inaugural balls in 92 and 96 and Al Gore has no rhythm. He just doesn't. So the <laughs> idea that that's, that's some kind of secret, like I don't I don't buy it. Sorry. Does he have music, though? He doesn't have rhythm, but does he have music? I doubt it. <laughs> but but I can't I can either I cannot confirm or deny because I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so that's that's my hypothesis, unproven. But that's what they do sometimes when stuff's very political. It's like it goes in a magical box, and then the people who survived nine eleven got you know three thousand three hundred and twenty one dollars and thirty nine cents. And God help you if you could figure out why they got twenty nine cents and this one got, you know, five thousand dollars, two hundred and twenty nine cents. It's yeah. a it's a it's a tactic to just keep the you know, it's a pressure release. And if you complain you get a little bit more just to keep you quiet. So Anyway, uh, but they are starting to allocate treatments to states based on case levels and usage of the treatments. Yeah, which is a sensible thing to do. Mm. But that they but that is allocating of the of the 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 doses that they have each week so, from the, from the federal yeah. government. Yeah, I yeah, mean, uh, yeah. If yep. we don't have like Massachusetts certainly deserves a, a, a cut, but if we don't have nearly the problem that Alabama does, it, it does make sense that Alabama might get, you know, as much or more, even though I think we have a significantly larger population than Alabama. So. Yeah. I, I have a colleague, friend, acquaintance who was very sick a couple of weeks ago with COVID in another state, Connecticut, and he went in to get the treatment, they they called him up and said, come in, you know, we'll, we'll give it to you because he has a lot of uh, pre-existing conditions. And he got to the ER and they said, you know, your O2 level's too low. So they actually admitted him instead because he, and was, he was in the hospital very sick for a little bit. He's doing better now. He's fine. But there's some rules about when they give it, if you're too late in the, you know, already past certain points in the infection, there's some there's some scientific reasons for that. I'll call it. Sure. It's different than than rationaling, because you know. Anyway. Well, there's no point maybe. in giving someone ineffective treatment. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the same way that it's like there's no point in giving someone hydroxychloroquine because it won't actually help. <laughs> you know? Well, but the antibody works. I mean. The, oh yeah. No. 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 Exactly. But that's what saved probably saved Trump. So. Oh yeah. Almost certainly. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, have you guys seen this uh, new, uh, newly formed thing on on this community on Reddit, uh, subreddit, I guess, um, 
called the Herman Cain Award. It's, no. Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Is yeah. it like the Darwin Award? Uh, yeah, it's uh, specifically... What's the Herman Cain Award? This sounds like it's going to be sad. It is sad, <laughs> and it's also unfair to, 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 the, to the late Mr. Cain because uh, it's basically... Uh, it's basically a schadenfreude uh, uh, place yeah. for people to sort of like, it's not to su- just to su- celebrate people who died of COVID per se. It's people who said, wake up sheeple. The vaccine is nonsense. And all you need to do is keep onions in your pocket and you'll be fine. And you know, it's all, you know, the international Jewish conspiracy trying to stop you. Uh, so I'm not taking it. I'm going to be free and do my own. Oh, wait, I'm coughing. You know, yeah, you we should have worn know, the onion on yeah. your belt. That was the right. style at the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Steve, you I know, always like thoughts and prayers for Steve, everybody. He's got the COVID and we're hoping he'll pull through. And we're sorry to tell you that our beloved Steve has passed away. You know, and so the Herman Cain Award is all about, you know, celebrating. Yeah. And, and, and you know, to some extent, celebrating and or gloating about that arc. It is unfair to Mr. Kane, who, of course, you know, died before the vaccine was even created. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and he, went to a, a Trump uh, right. super I mean, spreader event. Go, going to a Trump super spreader event was a mistake on his part. No question. But, you know, uh, a big part of what's going on with with these people is the people who are saying, like, the vaccine is not taking it. And. Uh, nothing I've I don't know it's it, who knows what Mr. Kane would have done had he been still alive when the vaccine had become available but he might well have taken it he's he I believe he was on record as having said no vaccines are good all right well let's let's but let's not forget that it wasn't it wasn't just oh you know he he just went to a super spreader event he he was a vocal yeah uh, he was vocal uh, like saying that it was uh conspiracy or or that it it wasn't that bad he, like that was that like he was one of the people that was crowing about it being like not as bad as the flu it, it, it wasn't oh okay he well, was he was very vocal about it so the the it being the herman cain i've forgotten that yeah, yeah okay. he he made multiple tweets about it um and he's like yep we're going to an event this it's fine everybody come and then and then he died i mean this is classic Reddit. Let's yeah. not. <laughs> oh, good to know. It's is the this very you, best of humanity. Classic the, the only reason I mention it, you know, because that is certainly the contrary to the uh, the ethos of civil politics, the idea of like we all have value and we all, you know, we want to try and listen to each other and learn from each other. Um, Even if the, misguided. Yes. Right. <laughs> but, well, the thing I thought was interesting about it was it, there seemed to be some people who you know, and again, it's the internet, it's Reddit. So it, all of it could be lies, just, you know, a bunch of high school students deciding to prank everybody for all we know. But um, there are people who are posting to this saying like, yeah, so I've looked at, uh, been following this uh, Reddit for a while and seen what people have been posting. And yeah, I decided that I'm going to, I, I'm going to get the vaccination because I don't want this. It looks horrible. And so, you know, uh, 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 watching the libs might be as, you, as you own yourself yeah. might be the most effective means of persuading people. So uh, that's a little sad. Was, having heard about it, I was going to put this posting up. He's at death's door. And can you pray to help pull him through? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's I'm horrible. sorry. <laughs> that's horrible. I'm a real Republican. I'm oh, sorry. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, okay. A doctor um, told me that joke once. I'm sorry. That's a, that's a medical <laughs> joke. <laughs> that, that, no, that definitely sounds like a medical professional's joke. It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's bad. That was bad. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no. Who are no we going to talk? <laughs> so we gonna uh, talk I'm, about by- I'm actually on the subreddit right now. Like as and yeah. uh, <laughs> half the posts are people saying I'm I'm not, I'm removing myself from consideration. Uh, by nice. showing off their their COVID um, vaccination, vaccination cards. status. That's nice. Uh, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of posts about just someone being an anti-vaxxer and them and them like getting in trouble. It's kind of it's I it's not it doesn't seem like there's a lot of crowing about deaths as much as why are people kind of like this? I don't know, man. It's it's Reddit. It's <laughs> <laughs> and you hear me laughing about this dark uh, thing, but it's dark. it's just it's just it's just Reddit. Like this, like people that aren't um, familiar with the site. Uh, it's it, anyway. Um, yeah, it brings out the worst in people sometimes. Yeah. It, <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Um, sort of the sick, the sick humor. Yeah, uh, gals humor. Gals humor. I would call yep. it more gals yeah. humor than sick humor. And I um, joined right in, so I apologize. I mean, well, I mean, why? It's 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 a very human <laughs> response. Well, and 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 it's the frustration of uh, the 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 debate. Uh, the discussion of the important issues like dealing with a global pandemic, with uh, dealing with climate change, with dealing with uh, 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 up- updating our country's infrastructure so that it better helps people. Um, all of this has increasingly become, uh, you know, uh, tit for tat, uh, uh, tactical arguments and 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 whatnot, as opposed to uh, a discussion about what actually you know, what the evidence actually shows, you know, like, like some ideas, some ideas are just bad ideas and some ideas just aren't, you know, not every idea is, is sorry, I'm being too abstract here, but like, (laughs) you know, like, you you know, like I'm, I personally think market-based solutions are not applicable to a lot of the problems we face as a society. And Sue, I know disagrees that, I she do. thinks, yeah, the, the market is good for a lot more than I think it's good for. But we both agree it's not good for everything, you know? And it's just, you know, like like Medicare for all is is good. Like like having healthcare become a, a for-profit marketplace doesn't help people. It makes things worse. And it can't be it can't be a perfect market given the decision making process. Yeah, it's it's right. it's not oh. a it's not a candidate for a free market. Is there a perfect exactly. market? Is that a thing that can exist? Perhaps not. There are some that are more perfect than others. Actually, um, we didn't. We probably won't get to this, but um, did you hear that Boris Johnson disputed Kermit the Frog at what? the um, at the UN? Yeah, he said. He said, because they're talking about climate Wait, change. Kermit the Frog He's, was talking at the UN? Did I miss that? No, Boris Johnson disputes Kermit's uh, position. He said it is easy to be green. I thought that was very funny. I'm oh, sorry. 
<laughs> but they're trying to, you know, they're trying to rally the world to spend money on climate change before we go off the end of the dock, you know. That's um, as bad as Pokemon go to the polls. That's just yeah. it hurts me physically. Yeah. And me, me, I have physical pain constantly. This hurts me physically. It's sorry. that bad. Oh my I just looked sorry, it up. I'm oh laughing. my god. Yep, I'm gonna be posting this. Yep. And there is a there is a huge difference between, you know corny uh, 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 admonition for or exhortation for everybody to actually participate in our democracy versus Boris Johnson trying to, you know, say good things about his crappy policies. I think a lot of a lot of world leaders are are starting to believe in climate change. Let's hope they put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, that's, that's you know, believe in climate change. Jesus Christ. Like it's a fairy or something. Yeah. Like yeah. It, like let's clap and climate change will be real. So, ugh. Yeah. If you, if you don't believe then a fairy dies every I know what you're referring to. I don't believe in gravity. <laughs> Too bad it exists. <laughs> Sorry. That the believing in a scientific fact is kind of Do you remember how, how a few years ago? Doesn't exist. Remember a few years ago, Ted Cruz and the other Republicans are talking about how there was a, a pause in, in, in global warming, like like temperatures like weren't going up for a period. And it's like, you know, ah, the liberals never talk about how there's been a pause and there's been no warming for the past five years. Do you know that's how they never talk about that anymore? Yeah, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's yep. just the earth warming. No. Yeah. Um, well, and the volcanoes and the mudslides and the fires and the floods and the, yeah, yeah. it's, I think now the volcanoes obviously have nothing to do with global warming, obviously, but you know, <laughs> no, that's just a curse. That's just right. a, the curse. Remember Look, that medallion that we found, Mike? I, you told me it was fine <laughs> and you believed me. <sighs> Don't the shifting first, of the plates. First, the, you first the, you get the weight of the pouch of sand wrong when you put it on the on the altar, <laughs> and listen, then uh, listen, you okay? No, okay. We should talk about this off air. Um, we have to, but yeah. I mean, oh, we are talking about this, Mister. Oh yes. <laughs> so do you guys know about the ring of fire? Because you know this is no, going to end with Alfred no Molina time. on spikes. You just know it. <laughs> and I love Alfred Molina. He's a treasure. <laughs> you guys. You guys know about plate theory and all that, right? And I've I've heard of it once oh, or twice. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. There were there are plates. Yeah. It's not a theory. Well, I mean, I'm I'm I I believe more in saucers and chafing dishes, but plates are good. Yeah. <laughs> so budget reconciliation. Oh yes, yes. Oh, you return us to the earth for that one. Yeah. So, oh. but there's been some some progress, right? I I was listening yes. today, and Nancy Pelosi sounded sort of. You know, like they they might not do it Monday, but it's it's creaking along those two so, bills that they've tied together. She's right, a trench fighter, you know, um, like she yeah. just keeps plugging away, trying to trying to get this dysfunctional mess of a, of a Congress to work. I don't know if it's, it's going to succeed and I may well be dissatisfied with the results, but I have to. You know, she is, you know, she if ain't anybody could do it. Well, she's yeah, not anybody can do it. So and that's I'm impressed about that anyway. So I'm sorry, Jarma, go ahead. No, the uh, the bill that basically the announcement today, um, again, this is we're recording on uh, Thursday, the 23rd, um, the day before this airs, uh, they uh, 
the Democrats and the White House have reached a um, have reached an agreement on like a framework. Basically, they know how to pay for most of the stuff in the bill. So, um, which is really great because if uh, if they know how to pay for everything, that means the arguments of oh, this is going to raise the debt and this is going to do this to the to our like uh, to our funds and everything like that that is basically at this point you can you can say okay here's how it's all paid for here's what it is so if it's too much how what do you want to cut out of it they're going to call a cinema and mansion yeah basically if they're saying no we don't want it we don't want it it's too expensive there's too it's too much then sure what do you want to take out of it that's easy yeah. you know like here's a menu what's wrong you know yep. and i'm hoping that they present it like that and that they say and they, there was a, a democratic spokes, spokesperson on uh the radio this morning uh while i was listening uh, um obviously while i was listening uh saying yeah so they just need to tell us what what they think isn't as important. And I think that's a really yeah, great way of going can, about it. A budget is leader, a budget embodies values. Yeah. The leader of the progressive caucus, I can't think of her name. Um, oh, she's a really good spokesperson. Shoot. I don't I remember say, who it is tell, either, but yeah. It's, yeah. She was on all the, all the early morning shows this mm-hmm. morning. So she was doing a good job sort of laying it out. That that they've uh, that they've basically compromised, and that you know, it's it's moving forward even if it's not Monday. So, uh, leader is uh, Pramila uh, Jayapal. Right, right, right. Jayapal. Right. Yeah. Jayapal. Jayapal. Yeah, yeah. She she did a wonderful job, sort of over the last two days, sort of taking the position. And Bernie Sanders is kind of mad, but you know they're still moving it. They're moving the ball, so it's good. I mean, Bernie doesn't want to have anything taken out of the 3.5 because you know he's right they already came down from six trillion yeah so did didn't you um didn't you you mentioned the the quote from mansion that back in idaho back in january uh uh, virginia west virginia um, there's a there's a clip of him from uh talking on the to a local reporter in west virginia about how he thinks we need to spend a lot more money on infrastructure to stimulate the economy because of years of, you know, Republicans messing everything up and, uh, and he throws out numbers, you know, he's, he's, he's speaking off the cuff, but he certainly seemed open to the idea of spending as much as $4 trillion. So, uh, it, it, same guy that said he wouldn't go above 3.5 over the last two weeks. Same guy said he wouldn't go above (laughs) 1.5. Yeah. Oh, is it 1.5? Oh, he keeps dropping it. Exactly. So it's like, okay. Would you say two to Two to four trillion, he said in January. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he wants some coal plants in there or something. Probably. Let's, I mean, I just want to be specific about this. Like, I, and I'm posting the the Twitter. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a thing. I saw a clip from Mehdi Hassan show on Peacock, the NBC right. streaming service, and you'll be able to see that on the um on the show notes, and we'll retweet it on on our uh, Twitter. Uh, but basically, it's a 
Um, it's an interview with a local station about this in January, from January nineteenth, and he's and he's basically saying, "Oh yeah, we can do like three, like two, three, four trillion. We need to spend something, you know." So he's not really giving suggestions of numbers. He's just saying we need to spend big, but the in the range, yeah, yeah. And this is again, this is back in January, so things like that change, you know. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or maybe he should be on the Herman Cain Reddit site. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> For oh, hypocrisy. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I hear the music. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we are going to have to to wrap it up here, but we appreciate you all listening to us here on Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up next is Subculture, followed by a Table of Contents at 10 and then OK Asia at Midnight. Uh, we've got a podcast version of this show, which goes out uh, over the feed in the wee hours of Monday. And Monday afternoon at 4 p.m., we have a rebroadcast still. So uh, please check us out. By the way, there's a new show joining Valley uh, Free Radio's lineup Saturdays at 1 p.m., called Civic Cipher, which is another political discussion show focusing on a African-American perspective. Uh, I'm excited to listen to it, and I think uh, if you're interested in this show, you should check it out as well. So that's this Saturday, the 25th, and going on from there uh, at 1 o'clock here on Valley Free Radio. So uh, that'll do it for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.